Hello, my friends, and welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur. This is season eight, episode 10. Today on the podcast, we have my friends, Hannah and Aaron Barnett. They're out of Chicago and they are all about Gen Z. So if you want to lean into what's going on with the next generation, get some encouragement and get some insight, stick around for this episode. Thank you so much to our sponsors and our partners for making this episode possible. Compassion Canada is back for another season. And what we're doing right now is something we've never done before. We're trying to raise $4,000 with them to build a sports and learning center in Northern Thailand. We're partnering with this amazing church, 40 people who serve 400 kids and youth in their local community. And we're trying to raise $4,000. Anything you could give would go so far to help. So go to compassion.ca slash WMD. Also, you can always find us on our YouTube channel, You can find us on tutorials if you want to get more information about that, if you want to check it out. But also, of course, thank you to our other sponsor, the Canadian Centre for Christian Charities, or 4Cs as you may know them. We've got more resources on them, more info on them on our YouTube channel. The links are down in the show notes, and I'll tell you more about them later. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Hannah and Aaron. Hannah Barnett is the founder and CEO of Generation Distinct. She's a speaker, a preacher, and she's an author. Actually, a lot of this happened all by the age of 20. She has this passion to abolish cultural complacency. And you'll hear that when we talk. She's all about lasting justice and she wants to have a wild adventure with Jesus. And so she is speaking and leading into the next generation. And she speaks at leadership conferences, churches, campuses, all over uh, the world, really, but especially within the US. Her husband, Aaron, who's also on this podcast, he works for Exponential. He's the director of Generation Next through the Leadership Network. He's really passionate about the local church and spent years in youth ministry. And now he invests in churches around the country as a speaker and a leader that travels more in his ministry. Aaron is passionate about unleashing a unique calling into each person, helping both individuals and organizations go from where they are to where they could be as we lead with the next generation. So enjoy the conversation with Hannah and Aaron Barnett. Welcome to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Hannah, Aaron, welcome to Word Made Digital. I am so pumped to have you on the podcast. Same. We're so excited. Same, same. I so respect who you are, Joanna. And this this podcast is so important in our world. We talk about this kind of conversation mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. So I'm so excited to know that you're covering this topic in our world because you're <laughs> the best person for the job. This is so good. Okay, introduce yourselves before we get too far. We've been chatting before we hit record, and I kept saying like, "Okay, we got it. We got to just hit record because we've been having a good conversation already in the first five minutes. We've been chatting. Uh, who are you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll start. My name's Aaron Barnett. I work uh, full time on the exponential side. Uh, it's a church planning resource organization. Uh, love my job. I do a lot of research on church planning, different models, methods, etc. Uh, so love that part. I'm also a dual role. So I work under the leadership network umbrella as the director of generation next. So overseeing all things next gen, um, and whatnot. So that's been incredible. Hannah and I do some speaking on the side. 
Uh, we love mentoring, discipling, and leading young leaders. So that's a little bit about about me. So yeah, go for it. that's right. And then I'm the CEO and founder of a nonprofit called Generation Distinct. And Aaron's a big part of helping me lead that behind the scenes as well, as long as well as our team. Um, and essentially what we are as an organization is we use conversations around passion, purpose, and justice, the things we believe Gen Z is already talking about, to lead them into conversations about so, Jesus, the gospel, and the Great Commission. Um, we do that th- through these virtual cohorts that we have that bring young leaders from all over the world onto um, into these experiences in these this community. So that's my main thing. And then I'm also a podcast host and coach and speaker and author, and then also partner with him on some of the things we're doing with Leadership Network. So we, we do a lot of things, but mainly we're, we're really passionate about the next generation. Yeah. If that didn't come across. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, and I would say maybe if I would add, like maybe one of your hobbies is collecting frequent flyer miles. It seems <laughs> like you're always on a plane. Every time you post, yeah. you're in a new city. <laughs> Yeah, it has been a fun season and we're really grateful. We both get to do that life and we both get to tell the stories. And a lot of it is this conversation where people will bring us in to have conversations about the next generation, not because we're experts, but because Mm -hmm. we have this unique, I think, perspective of being young leaders who are also leading young leaders. And so we have this experience ourselves of sometimes feeling like the young person in the church and what our experience has been, but also, you know, our young leaders from generation distinct, we have, Mm -hmm. you know, young leaders from all over the world who are in these cohorts who we're getting to unleash and know them. And so um, it gives us a little bit of a unique perspective, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're trying to actually funny. You said that Joanna get better at utilizing our frequent flyer flyer miles. Yeah. We just, (laughs) I haven't actually been good at that. We just and, talked to one of our good friends. He's <laughs> like, yeah, if you sign up for this card and that card and this card, like you'll get like, a lot of your flights for free. And right. I'm like, what? We're like, so, we need to get a vacation out of this somehow. So I'm like, yo, bro, this. you could start a whole business doing this for yeah. people. Yeah. So anyway. yeah, I went, I mean, this is a side topic, but I went on that deep dive recently and got a new credit card yes. um, because I felt like I wasn't utilizing my points well enough. And now I'm like, the you know, the lounges, the valet parking, the <laughs> priority bags i feel like we're ready I, uh, this, Our is, next this, trip. Is, this is you're ready for you it my friend. First. now i know it's okay for us <laughs> yeah. to do the lounging care that's right that's i don't right. know if we should be talking about credit cards on this podcast i'm not trying to endorse <laughs> credit cards please please pay your debts everybody but if you need a credit card get one that gives you points um, there you go okay now it's kind of <laughs> funny like you, you you know being being pulled in as like an expert in gen z when like you are Gen Z. So it's sort of like, do you feel like you're talking, do you feel like you're talking about yourself or do you feel like you're talking about people not like you? (laughs) I don't know if that's a fun question. question. No, that's a good question. So I'm the like right on the edge. So I think Mm. that gives me a little bit of a unique perspective. Um, Like I'm, I just turned 27, which makes me, some people would say I'm the youngest millennial. other Other people would say I'm the oldest Gen Z. So I think just like the oldest like child in a family always says they can like speak for the entire sibling group, right? Like that's what I kind of feel like is, yeah. okay, I'm the oldest. And so some of it's in me, but it's also kind of collectively. And then secretly, Aaron's actually I'm the old, old man. <laughs> so I'm 32. So I'm a millennial. Okay. So okay. A solid millennial. I'm a solid millennial for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and, and so you know, broadly, it sounds like you've kind of already mentioned some things because of, you know, what you're doing with both like church planting trends, but also with like helping people find 
their purpose and passion. What yeah. are some of those, like what are, maybe we, we'll, we'll probably go a bit deeper on this, but what are some yeah. of those hallmarks? Again, not mm-hmm. that you're the research expert, but what are you observing as some of the trends across a generation? Because we want to yeah. get into this call with like the church is changing quite rapidly. Yes. So like these mm-hmm. people are going to be a big part of it. What are you what are you seeing as trends about yeah. who they are, what they care about? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'll I'll go first. I think when it, when we dive into the the word of like, what do they care about? I think it's very, so we've talked about this um, quite a bit is Gen Z is uh, more individualistic than I sometimes think we think they are. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is I think some leaders would push against it. Mm-hmm. I think it's something to celebrate. I think it's something really beautiful. I think it can be really inspiring. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens is when a society or a people group um, are individualistic, but the models or the organizations or the things that we've built are very um, machine-based and yeah. maybe have like a lot, uh, one type of program, one way to do things. And so I think when we have this individualistic society, but kind of like a one way to do or a one shop fits kind of all kind of thing, there's this collide of dysfunction. Yeah. And so what I feel like with the next generation, what's really cool is uh, what we could invest into a lot more is becoming when it comes down to the organizations we run, the the ministries that we oversee is how do we become more flexible, yeah. um, more understanding more empathetic to maybe a generation that is individualistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're multi-passionate, multi-faceted. Uh, and so how do we yeah. play to that is like, um, instead of saying like, oh, they're multi-passionate, they want to, they have all these passions. Like, how do we just become more flexible as the yeah. older generation to say, well, if that's the generation behind us, um, at one point it's going to change. Yeah. And either breaking is going to happen Um, a lot of chaos could happen, but I think if it's going to change, if it's going to get to that point, like how do we pivot faster than later to actually create, create real good, healthy change for the next generation to thrive. And so I would say they're multi-passionate, multifaceted. Um, they love Jesus, they're individualistic. And so how do we create organizations or ministries that are flexible enough to scale and sustain when it comes down to uh, the next generation. Yeah. And I think the only thing I would add is what he just said of they love Jesus might surprise a lot of people. Like we have, we hear all the Yeah. Because we hear the stats, right? It's the, exactly. nobody's going, nobody's going to church, it's right. the church, at, right. or the grandma's mm-hmm. church. They're not coming. Right. right. Totally. And you know, to be fair, there's plenty of Gen Z that doesn't love Jesus, mm-hmm. but right. The thing that we find really interesting is that all the statistics are talking about whether or not they're attending church, Mm -hmm. not so much whether or not they like or admire or love the person of Jesus, right? And, you know, we were on a plane recently Mm -hmm. and- uh, This is so good. This (laughs) is a great story. This story just stood out to us so much. It was just a couple months ago in March or something, and- um we were sitting on a plane coming back from Boise and we were speaking at a conference all about this. How do we reach the next generation? Why are they walking away from the church? All these things. It was an Mm -hmm. entire conference about that. And I had the honor of speaking there. And so we're getting back on the plane. We sit down and up walks a girl sitting next to us. um, Who's also from Chicago. And uh, we, we always say like, we're, 
we're your worst nightmare. If you're an introvert, like we're your worst nightmare on the plane. <laughs> we're two extroverts that got married. And so it's like, no, <clears throat> no chance you are going to get out that You're going to break right through those noise canceling headphones. Exactly. Yeah. We're like, oh, making the motion, yeah. like take out the earphone, you know, for yeah. those people. And so anyway, we, we sat down with her and we were asking her about who she is and she was cool. Like one of those really cool people, like purple hair, Edgy, probably about like 24 years old. Just cool carried outfit. herself. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Just super like, cool. So obviously I wanted to be her best friend. Right. So we're trying to get her whole life story, all of this. And eventually we got into the conversation about how, you know, we both do work with the church and uh, we love Jesus. And we talked about yeah. our love for what the church could be, our vision for what the church could be. We were talking about how, Man, we just believe that the church can be a place of justice and unity and vision. And we just believe it can be a place where all these people from different perspectives and different experiences come together for one purpose and make a difference in our cities. And we're casting this big vision. Mm. And she literally looks at us and she says, hmm, she says, that's not exactly what I've heard about what the church is. But then she goes on. She doesn't stop right. there. She says, you know, it's interesting, though. She said, I've heard the teachings of your Jesus. And wasn't he the one that said to love your neighbor? Mm -hmm. Like, wasn't he the one that said that we should all be equal and that we right. should all be kind? Like, wasn't he the one yeah, that cared yeah. for the least of these? Like, she, she knew the teachings of Jesus and she went on and on and on. And then at the very end, she used a little bit more colorful language. But what she essentially <laughs> said was, um, you know, people don't speak badly about Jesus. They speak badly about your church. Mm -hmm. And that was just a reminder, once again, as we're literally on our way back from a conference talking about the next generation is Jesus, the person of Jesus, usually they're pretty cool with him, like mm -hmm. who he actually is in the Bible. I mean, so much of what Gen Z is passionate about, justice, equality, loving your neighbor, seeing the best in people, pausing for the one, authenticity, vulnerability, I mean, it's all what Jesus exhibited. Mm -hmm. And so I think the big disconnect for the next generation is between the person of Jesus and the Christians and church that is not reflecting who mm -hmm. he is well. And, and I think to add to that too, is like, there's this creative component too, I think with the next generation is that they're multi-passionate, they're multifaceted, but they love to create. Yeah, Like they right. love to build. They love to get on TikTok and create YouTube, these videos. TikTok, YouTube. yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, they love to pioneer new projects. And what what is really interesting to me is I think when we think through the lens of like scarcity, yeah. when we think through the lens of like someone else is building mm -hmm. something that I'm passionate about or something, someone else is building what I would love to do. And I'm guilty of this. I'll raise my hand first, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I think what happens is when we as a community, as the church, when we believe in unity, when we believe that the kingdom of God is so great and so yeah. vast and so big that a lot of people with a lot of passions could come and find a place to thrive yeah. within the local church. I think that's mm -hmm. something that we have to pay attention to because the next generation is going to create and they're going to either create with us or yeah, without us. Totally. And so right. I think we have to go back to, um, you know, I talk about this, like in Genesis, um, God spoke and cre created other one, um, you know, and, you know, seven days of, of, or six days of beauty existed and he spoke and created, he spoke and created, he spoke and created. And what I think sometimes that we're missing with the next generation is 
they're speaking to senior leaders, as my friend Grant would say, chronologically, they're just a little bit far ahead of us, but they're speaking to senior leaders and they're saying, Hey, like, would you, would you love to, um, uh, I would love to do this. I would love to build this. I would love to see this happen in my life. Um, I would love to create this. And sometimes we as senior leaders say like, that's just not what we do here. You know, our, our machine or our model or whatever we build our organization, it just doesn't fit with that idea. And I think what we have to pay attention to with the next generation is like, what if we're missing out on the prophetic language of God through his people Mm -hmm. is when they're speaking ideas to create, to create beauty in this world. And if we're just diminishing them, I think we're missing out on building something actually really beautiful. Pausing the conversation to talk about compassion. Right now, Word Made Digital and Compassion are partnering to do something for vulnerable youth living in extreme poverty in Northern Thailand. We're partnering with a small but mighty church, 40 members in this church, but they serve 400 children, youth, and their families. We're trying to help them raise $4,000 to build a sports and learning center. This is going to change the trajectory of the lives of the kids that they are serving. We would love for you to be part of it. You can go to compassion.ca slash WMD, compassion.ca slash WMD. Would you stop right now? Would you consider giving whatever you can, 10, 20, 100 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it is you can give, a thousand bucks. It would go so far into making a lasting generational impact in the lives of these children living in extreme poverty. And of course, it would encourage deeply this local church who has so few resources, but a big dream of how to help. Compassion.ca slash WMD. Yeah, that's interesting when you talk about like, uh, it's a classic thing, a young person full of enthusiasm going to a senior leader and just like being, and then coming away like a deflated balloon, you know? And Mm -hmm. some of that is, you know, because young, young enthusiasm sometimes does need a little um, sort of bringing it back to earth kind of a thing. (laughs) So it's not all negative, but, but some of, but some of that is like, well, what we're doing doesn't seem to be working right now. Right. Not for, not for a lot of people. Like we, we all kind of know the stats of, you know, the, the exit of not just young people, but like every generation, especially post COVID they're like, Oh, I got my Sundays free. And all of a sudden, and like, I'm not volunteering at the church a couple days a week because COVID shut stuff down. It gave you a moment long enough to say like, do I even want to be doing this? Why am I doing this? I can just watch some video online from my favorite pastor. I don't need to go back there. And, and so there, you know, there, there's a mind shift that has happened and, and whether that will be permanent or not, like things have changed. (laughs) And so do you, are you seeing senior leaders or what would your hope be for senior leaders when a young person comes with a new idea? Cause like what you're doing is maybe not working as well as it used to. We got to change, you know, how would maybe, maybe, um, Maybe another way to look at it is like, would you have advice for a young person listening? How do you bring the new idea without it getting shut down? (laughs) Take it from whatever angle you like. No, yeah, that's great. Um, So one of my heroes is my mom and she's just a brilliant leader in her own right. Um, But I was definitely that person. I probably still am. Like I I think of myself as so different now, but I'm still 27. I just turned 27. Um, But especially like when I was 16, that was when I really felt like God was starting to give me vision and ideas and dreams for 
what I wanted to bring into the world. And one of the first things that she told me as I would reach out to meet with senior leaders was she talked about honor and questions, honor mm-hmm. and questions, and honor and questions will take you farther than criticism ever will, right? And so I, love that. I would say very, very early on, you know, I would reach out to some very high profile leaders that really I had no business meeting with. And frankly, they had no business or need for me. Like that's <laughs> Why are we really both here right now? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But I just had these dreams and I wanted to be around people that could do things and build things. Yeah. And so yeah. um, with the advice of my mom, as it like a teenager, I would reach out to senior leaders and just say, Hey, I want to come and meet with you for 20 or 30 minutes. I'll come to your office and I just want to bring five questions. Right. And I would do that. And that first meeting, I wasn't giving them any feedback on their ministry. I wasn't telling them what they should be doing. I wasn't telling them that they're the issue with the American church. I was just saying, Hey, I have some questions. I have, um, I just want to grow as a mm-hmm. leader. Could you answer these five questions for me? I literally would come up with my notebook. I would have them written down. I would take notes as they're speaking and I would honor and I would thank them. And then yeah, in so the good. future, simply because I showed them I wanted to learn, the wild thing is, is even to this day, those are the people that are reaching out to me and saying, mm-hmm. hey, we're noticing that we're having some issues growing younger. We're noticing we're having some issues with reaching the next generation or this and that. And now they're reaching out to me to ask questions because I honored right. them and I asked them mm-hmm. questions. And so um, I think there there's some reality to like, relational equity, right? Like that actually does matter. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we as a generation do a lot of credit to come in and thinking that we're the hero of the church. Like we are not the heroes of the church. I think every generation tends to believe that when we get dropped on this planet, we're the solution to all the things that are Mm -hmm. messed up in the church. All the problems that the previous people did, we'll fix it. Yeah, exactly. And we see this over and over, like Gen X had a reaction, like millennials had a reaction. Now Gen Z is having a reaction. I guarantee Mm -hmm. all the Gen Zers who think that they're the solution to the church alpha will come along, Gen Alpha, (laughs) and they will think they're insane. Just wait 10 years, everybody. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so I think, recognizing we're, we're simply one person in a long line of individuals trying their best to build the church. If you walk into your pastor's office with that understanding, knowing that if that pastor is a Gen Xer, you know, they were trying to fix some things from the boomer generation and ask them questions about how they change things. Right. So honor and curiosity questions are going to do way Mm. more good. Um, And then maybe schedule a second meeting six months later and say, Hey, I also have some ideas. Would you be interested in learning and and sharing ideas? Um, And then also just want to throw this in. If a senior leader is listening, um, mutually, you're going to need some relational equity with them. One thing that Aaron and I talk about a lot is that the best thing that every church can start doing today to start growing young is not to launch a whole new young adult ministry. It's not to fire the youth pastor you think is doing a bad job. Mm -hmm. Like the best thing you can do right (laughs) now is invite a handful of young leaders to get dinner with you or coffee with you or come to your house once a month and start getting to know them. Mm. Because we all know proximity is actually what changes things. You're going to hear things from them that you will never hear from the statistics or from just bringing them in one time. Like after a year, you might start to hear their true heart. So Mm. um, I think it can go both ways. 
Okay, so maybe for both of you to throw this out, if you're thinking of a young leader, um, some of this is obvious, but I guess because young leaders come to you and they're being developed by you, mm-hmm. um, what are some things that if you're going to give someone your time, uh, mm-hmm. it's not to sound harsh about it, but you have to, you can't yeah, give yeah. your time to everybody. So what yes. are some things that you're looking for in a young leader Again, for those more senior leaders watching, if they're wanting to give their time to people, like if they're going to build a little group of to come to their house and get to know them and eat and eat burgers, like what what are what are some of those characteristics you're looking for to give your time to those people? Because some people, you know, they aren't going to they aren't going to they might take advantage of your time. Totally. Totally. Mm. Yeah, I. I would go back to the life of Jesus. Jesus was so humble. He met everyone. Um right where they were at, no matter the age group or um, maybe uh, physical ailments that they had. They, he met people right at the, the level of where they were. I think when it comes down to the next generation, it's vitally important that we as leaders, um, that, you know, there's this word getting tossed around that the next generation really, um, it, they need authentic leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, they need people that are transparent. They need people that are even sometimes vulnerable um, in their in their weaknesses and not having it all together. And I think when it comes down to uh, what am I looking for is someone that actually, um, if, if the next generation needs authentic leaders, um, I think what I look down uh down to the next generation that I'm trying to look at of who they could be or, or giving my time to is a generation that is like teachable and living yeah. in this place of hum- uh, humility, like uh, Jesus did. Um, right. You know, one, one phrase that my pastor used to say is that Jesus didn't come to chase titles. He came to use a towel. Yeah. And that like really stuck with me um, is that the next generation, I think, um, is they're they're vibrant, they're passionate, they're they're excited to build, they're excited for to go after injustice, etc. Um, but how do we um, how do we bridle passion? Yeah. You know, like like passion just uh, through the lens of chaos could be <laughs> terrible, but bridled passion that is focused on like a mission uh, mm-hmm. can do a lot of good. Yeah. And so I think is uh, when I when I look at the next generation is like, are you teachable? Are, are you moldable? Like, how do we, how do Hannah and I cast a vision so great that, uh, your passions or maybe even your calling kind of fit within it. Um, and so how do we have all people sit at the table, but then people's pushback to that would be, well, if you do everything, you're not going to be good at anything. And so, um, what I feel like with the next generation is that we're not supposed to be the lid to their leadership. Um, that we're supposed to be the 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 floor of uh, or the, that the next generation can actually stand on our shoulders. And so I think when it comes down to the next generation is like, hey, are you teachable? Yeah. Um, do you have a big vision? Do you have like, are you passionate? Like, and how do I come alongside of you and bridle that passion to be focused on a mission? Yeah. Um, because I think when we can do that and 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 do that really well, balance the paradox between passion and and uh, learning um, really well, I think we can do things. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I also think, you know, a lot of these conversations, sometimes we're tempted to only want to invest in the best and the brightest, Mm -hmm. because if we're honest, we know that will bring the greatest reward. Like we will get to see the transformation. And in, in many ways, my life was set up 
so that I had every opportunity. Like I, I always say my parents are my unfair advantage. I was raised in a church that really mm. like empowered my leadership. I had pastors that saw greatness in me and that was so great. But for every me, there are so many young leaders who are overlooked, forgotten, and unseen because they didn't have parents mm-hmm. teaching them leadership lessons at a young age. They didn't have anybody seeing greatness in them, right? Like maybe their gifts yeah. are not the obvious kind. Maybe they're more buried, right? Like Aaron, as a child, like maybe, you know, he had amazing family, but maybe didn't have because of his church was a very small, like little community. He didn't have all these pastors and speakers like wanting to invest in him, wanting to call out greatness of him. Right. So similar like capacity, but less people noticing it and bringing it in. And then he had a season where he walked away because he didn't really feel Mm -hmm. like he had this like covering. Right. So I think, I think one of the things we do have to watch out though for as leaders is are we just mentoring and investing these young leaders so we get something out of it? Mm-hmm. So our church right. is better. So yeah, what's I the ROI, like Hannah? Better leader. Exactly, <laughs> right. Because yeah. we do want to that's make good, sure our, our like influence is going to ears that matter. But I mean, even like I have a young woman that I was investing in for a season. And some people were even saying like, really? You're going you're gonna to spend your time investing in that girl? And she didn't have kind of the typical things that people would say makes her a person that I should invest in. But I knew, I knew that there was nobody else in her life who was ever going to look at her and say that she has potential, that she has vision, that her life matters. And so for all of the other Mm. young women that I get to invest in who are teachable and big visionaries and born leaders and amazing communicators, I always want to keep a couple around me that remind me that like, it's not just the the um like the ones that appear impressive that deserve discipleship Mm -hmm. it's everybody right and so i would even say with your groups that you're compiling if you're a senior leader like make sure you have people from different socioeconomic levels in that environment make sure you have somebody Mm -hmm. with great parents and some people that maybe have a single mom that's just struggling like make sure you have a wide demographic otherwise you're going to start to believe that all of Gen Z are entitled rich kids, or you're going to believe all of Gen Z are <laughs> isolated kids, or you're going to believe that all, you know, and it's not just one thing. And so try and make sure there's different life experiences within that group as well. Pausing the conversation with Hannah and Aaron, because as we're getting equipped and getting insight into what the next generation is all about, I want to talk more about how you can be equipped as a Canadian organization serving as a charity or a church right now. For more than, sorry, for almost 50 years, the Canadian Center for Christian Charities, or commonly referred to as the Four C's, has been doing exactly this. Their 50th anniversary is coming up later in 2022, and they support and have been for a long time supporting charities with their operational questions in areas like receiving donations and CRA guidance and board leadership and training. You don't need to know how to do everything. You don't have expertise in all these areas, but that's why they help their members. Joining their membership, it's simple, it's surprisingly affordable, and it provides churches and charities with a vast knowledge base and team of professionals willing to help you whatever you need and wherever you need them. If you're a board member or an elder even, a Four C's membership is a great and affordable investment into your ministry staff. So maybe you want to think of it if you're also a key leader in a volunteer position. You can visit cccc.org to learn more and join them. The link will be down in the show notes as well. cccc.org. 
Yeah, I love that because that's then maybe jumping into the next thing because they're also going to learn from each other in this group. Like yes. the, the image I often talk about with mentorship is north, south, east, west. So who's mentoring you, so north? Who are you mentoring south and east, west? Like who are your peers along the journey? Because mm-hmm. that's the next thing so I want to talk to you about oh, yeah. is – um, your East West, if I can keep with that mm-hmm. metaphor, like your uh, Grant Skeldon has been on this podcast and we talked a bit about it, but I'd love to hear from your side. There's this group that he started that you're part of mm-hmm. that he wanted to kind of like say, Hey, we're going to all like grow up in leadership together. Yeah. Maybe we should know each other. So I'll leave it there <laughs> and say more about what that is, yeah. what y'all, what you're all up to right now. Yeah. Um, tell me about these best friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So Uh, so Hannah went to a retreat and then, um, because I was dating Hannah at the time, Hannah invited me to the next (laughs) one uh, or, and then Grant was like, yeah, you should come. So, uh, I went to a retreat and if I'm honest, like I found some of the best people in my life. Um, I think, uh, as a leader, sometimes, uh, the East and West, like you kind of talked about, um, maybe in your own proximate setting, um, maybe that East and West doesn't look uh, really filling. And so, or maybe even understanding of your mm-hmm. season of life or what you lead or the pressures of leading or, or what is um, like, where are we going? And, and so I think East and West, sometimes they're um, that maybe we don't have relationships in our life that are actually building us up and, and helping us along the journey. Mm-hmm. And, um, Grant Scouten, um, Corey Art and his wife, Ryan, Chi Chi and Tracy, um, you know, we have like, uh, Ellie and his wife, like we have some core group of friends from, from that retreat that we are just, yeah. Hannah and I are just so blessed to run with. There are East and West. Yeah. And, um, it's really cool. Um, when they, when they win, it's awesome as a couple, like we get to celebrate. Yeah. And I think as, um, like even as a young leader, like there was like the time when um, a senior leader looked at me from like the North side was like, Hey, you're just a guy with like a lot of ideas. Like you're not a builder. And uh, you know, that was really hard to hear at, at that point in my life when I was young. But like, it's cool growing up with some friends that are building some really cool things that are investing their life into the kingdom and, and making it grow and expand. And, um, it's really healthy. It's cool. We talk a lot about even in today's culture with like a lot of moral failures going on, like how, like we jumped on a zoom call recently and talked about like, how do we, as a core of leaders, like, how do we remain accountable? What does accountability kind of look like? Like, um, we jump on Bible plans together. You know, these are like non-glamorous, uh, conversations. We celebrate people. Like when our friends are speaking on a stage, like we're sending group chat photos and videos and whatnot. So it's really cool. I think building a community and a tribe that is going after the same vision together of, Hey, the kingdom of God, um, can grow exponentially when we actually like build and learn together. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I do think, you know, because of what we've seen in previous generations, you know, um, that a lot of leaders grew up close to each other, right? Like in proximity, meaning like they were all speaking at the same events. They were all doing that. But we see now as things come out more and more, there were I mean, it seems like a lot of things that were still behind the curtain. 
And also we see a lot of competition within ministries, Mm -hmm. we feel like in generations above us. And so Grant's whole vision was, man, what if we actually just knew each other? Like Mm -hmm. what if the people that God is using to build some of the biggest movements for the future of the church all over the country and even the world would actually just be friends. Like what if we were in the same room together when we were crying because we were exhausted? Or like, what if we were in the same room together when somebody received a vision for their next leadership move? Like what if we were just, what if we just knew each other Mm -hmm. and how would that change the future of the church? And so, I mean, we, I mean, there's probably hundreds now of young leaders in this mm-hmm. network and we all get to benefit from Grant's vision. And and does uh, it have we, a name? Cause I don't know if it, if it's like, I know it's sort of organic, but does it, yeah. is there, is there an Instagram account, a website and name, like how, if people wanted no. to ch- check into it, do they just need to creep your Instagram? Like where yeah, do they look for it? It's great. It's great. <laughs> so um, Grant works for an organization called Q Ideas and mm-hmm. they really have become kind of the supporter of it. There's not like, it's kind of like, an underground network. It almost feels yeah, like it's sometimes. Fight Club. But yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. like a Instagram page or anything, but if Q ideas is, you should, I'll definitely follow them. They're in a great organization that is kind of giving grant the permission to to do these gatherings and, and influence that in that way. So um, yeah, it's, it's just been cool to see. Um, yeah. The accountability, the relationships and the fact that collaboration happens more organically mm-hmm. when we just know the person. Right. And, right. um, so anyway, I, I really do think that the future of the church will be more unified, mm-hmm. um, and, and more, um, accountable because of the kind of community he's, mm-hmm. he's building and we're, we're grateful to be a part of it. Well, and one of the things that, you know, if people are listening, you're like, I want that. I think yeah. one of the reminders is like, if you don't have it locally, you can look farther. Like you can have on, you can have online connections and yeah. like all the rest, mm-hmm. like you're, yeah. you can hop on zoom and hop on, you know, a group chat yeah. about what's going on. But also yeah. like sometimes if people are listening to me like, well, lucky them, they have this. I yeah. think like sometimes that maybe jealousy or whatever it is yeah. can like point you to the thing that you need to build yourself. Oh, yeah. So if people are listening yeah. and they're like, well, how nice for them that they have this, like, you can do this. <laughs> like you can reach out to people across the, you know, the city, the region, the country, the world and say like, what right. if we tried something like this? I'm inspired rather than being right. jealous. What if it was an inspiration? So exactly. thanks for sharing a bit about that. Yeah. Um, wow. And I think, I think to that point real quick, Joanna is, you know, that community is now like, you know, a couple hundred people, which is great, but you can't be close to that many people like really day to day. Right. And so all the different groups, like there have been different groups that have been formed. And for example, for me during COVID, there was a time mm-hmm. when I was feeling really lonely and isolated. I'm an extrovert. Um, during that season, we were dating and he had to move like back to Wisconsin for that season because of all the COVID stuff, the job yeah. situation. And so I was like, I just, my boyfriend just moved away. Like my friends, I couldn't see, like, I was just feeling very lonely and isolated. I lost all my speaking gigs, all that. And, um, just, I've been, I was kept feeling like I want to go deeper with a group of women, but it's so hard when I travel a lot, um, that I can't like commit to a local small group and that's a weird tension. But I thought, man, I just met all these women Hmm. at these retreats that all have a similar lifestyle as me and they love Jesus I said, I think I just need to take ownership. And so I reached out to eight women at like 2 a.m. in the morning one night because I was like, I have to do it now or I won't. And it was a somewhat random group, 
But I, I just felt like God gave me the exact names. I invited all eight and every single one of them said, yes, mm. I've been looking for someone like yeah, this. That's and really so cool. we started meeting every other Monday on Zoom from all over the country. Um, not because this community gave that to us, but because I recognized a need in myself and I took action to say yes. And it mm. led us entirely yeah. in the community. And then most of the girls from the small group were my bridesmaids in my wedding, right? So like we ultimately- <laughs> that's, oh, our, that's pretty cool too, yeah. Yeah, like that is our responsibility to create the things that our soul longs for. And I'm so grateful for what Grant's built, but it would be nothing if, I'm sorry, <laughs> just whacked Aaron in the face if you guys couldn't see because I speak with my hands. Um, but it's it's our responsibility and, and there can be an infrastructure made, but ultimately we have to take the steps to say, okay, here's what I need as an individual and here's how I can build the community around me. Right, right. Like, no, like, you know, it's like waiting around for someone else, you know, be a leader, step up. If you see the thing right. that you want, right. like go in right. and make it and mm-hmm. build it. And there's others right. who will be so happy, be, make the first yes. step. Um, yes. But speaking, maybe this is a bit of a pivot, but this infrastructure mm-hmm. conference, you said the word infrastructure, which leads me to this question. Cause before we hit record, Aaron, you wandered down this road of the conversation. I'm like, hold <laughs> on, I want to record this. And it was about basically like, okay, so if this church thing we're doing right now, there's like mm-hmm. systemic issues, not everywhere, but a lot of churches, there's yeah. lots of problems. And you kind of said this thing about like, who's going to be the first to like, say like, let's do something totally different. Um, I'd love you to like say more about that. Like whether, whether you have literal ideas or just like what you're seeing, what you hope for the future. Let's talk about the church yeah. as like an institution. Yeah. Um, this is a huge passion point of mine. And so I'm going to try not to ramble, but Um, I, my leadership journey within the local church hasn't been really beautiful. If I'm Mm -hmm. honest, like I've, I've gotten hurt a lot. Like statistically, I should not be following Jesus. I should maybe even not be living right now based on the things that I've experienced. Like I've gone through a lot of mental health stuff and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, wow. Yeah. So many listening. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, for sure. My leadership journey has been um, not easy, but it's been beautiful. And because God is like, he works all things together for his good to them that love him. But the reason why I preference this conversation is uh, fast forward, like with all the church hurt that I've kind of experienced. um, One thing that I'm reminded with, with God is his consistency. Mm -hmm. And so when God has given you something specifically in your heart, and you get hurt or you get pressed down or you get put to the side, like there is something there. And I feel like if we just let a dream go because of, of her in our past or our misunderstanding, mm-hmm. like maybe we won't create the future that God uh, actually is inviting his kids, his sons and daughters into. Yeah. And so I, around six years ago, I've had like a dream and a desire in my heart to, and it's crazy that I met Hannah and, how God does his thing like that. But um, around six years ago, I had like a dream of the local church being a place that launches nonprofits, launches businesses, um, invites these uh, groups of people around to actually make the church beyond creative, that the church doesn't have to be uh, just a Sunday gathering with, um, you know, with worship, with preaching, with production, et cetera, with people that hold, hold signs of welcome to church, you know, what if the church could be more creative than that? And so 
I, I feel like I've had this dream and the desire of my heart to launch a church that funnels through creative expression that maybe we don't have to do church every day or every week, um, but maybe even once a month, do full immersion experiences creatively um, and and grow this church to be um, vibrant about the the people in it. And, and saying, hey, this is not our mission. This is not our motto. But hey, what do you feel called to? What are you building? What podcasts are you running? What business are you trying to start? And trying to get groups of people around their passion projects, mm-hmm. their their dreams, their, their calling, their desires. And what if we're mi- missing out on the creativity, the expression of the church, the ecclesia, because we're not elevating the ideas, the dreams and the desires and the callings of his people? And instead of just saying, hey, this is our mission, this is our vision. But when we look mm-hmm. at the kingdom, God's kingdom, and what he wants to establish on earth, it is beautiful. It's big. It's massive. It's great. And so how do we fit um, the beautiful expression of of the kingdom in, in his kids in the local church? And so that's one thing that Hannah and I feel really, really called to is is looking at young people, specifically leaders that say, Hey, I want to build this. I want to launch this. I want to, I want to do this through the local church. And we say, okay, awesome. Let's find three, four groups of people that feel called to maybe kind of the same thing, either launching coffee shop run by homeless people, et cetera. And so uh, we really feel called with the next generation specifically playing to the individualistic um, heart and saying, Hey, what do you feel called to? And how do we create a community around, um, around callings? So yeah, if you want great. to talk more about no, that. No, I mean, that's so great. That's so great. Um, I want, I have one maybe more real big question. And then I have a few, I end each in this season we're ending and asking everybody the same kind of quick, fun Let's questions. Go. But the last big <laughs> question that in some ways maybe feels obvious, but I'd love you to say it again. Yeah. What's at stake here for Mm -hmm. if we don't figure out, like, you know what, churches and leaders, everybody is busy. Everybody's got their own problems. Everybody's, in some cases, they're trying to survive, like they're trying to keep their church, you know, (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. open or whatever, you know, whatever. But what is at stake here if whether we're a Gen Z ourselves or we're a leader, Mm -hmm. an older leader, uh, you know, if we if we don't give time to figure this, this generation out and maybe in some ways it's obvious, but if you could name it, like what is Mm. at stake here? Yeah. Mm. Man, when you started asking that question, tears came into my eyes and I did not expect that, but um, I'm just really grateful that somebody did that for me. Right. When I think about, the pastors and the mentors and the people who had really busy lives and yet they welcomed me into conversations. They saw greatness in me. They discipled me. They met up with me for coffee. They pointed me back to Jesus. They sat with me while I struggled. I'm just really grateful that somebody did it for me. And I'm just one person that Hmm. I get to live a life in relationship with Jesus because of that, led by the Holy Spirit because of that, and knowing of I have an eternity with Jesus because of that, right? And mm. so I think very practically and very relationally, like there is, there are like real people 
behind the label of a generation, right? Mm. And it's thousands and thousands and thousands of people who probably put on a really brave face because they're the cool next generation. But I promise you, they are being crushed under the weight of mental illness and anxiety depression, suicidal ideation. The injustice in the world is tearing them apart. Mm. They have pressures from friends. They have pressures of mm. um, alcoholism and drug addiction. I mean, you name it, like the next generation is wrestling with right. it and anxiety mm. is so loud trying to get them. And they're so creative. They're so inventive. They're so innovative on how to get the attention of the next generation. People mm. gather in all the big corporations. Mm. They spend their best hours of their day trying to figure out how they can create messages mm. that will reach the next generation. And if the church isn't doing that, we will lose. But the cool thing is that we ultimately have the source that the world does not have right. of ultimate right. creativity, ultimate innovation, and ultimate things that the next generation is looking for. Mm. We don't have to convince them. We have a greater power that will. All we get to do is say, God, how can we use mm. our one lives to reach a generation that is struggling, to reach the lost? Mm -hmm. If you have a heart to reach the lost, I would argue there's maybe more lost people in the next generation than any other generation. So if you say, I have a heart for the lost, I have a heart for evangelism, then we have to, we just have to see that in the next generation and use our best power to say, no, 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 mm. the world doesn't get the final say. No, we have the ultimate authority and we're going to put our best time into reaching the next generation. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, All right, I, Hannah, I, take us to church. <laughs> yeah. I'm over man, that's, here like, that's my man, heart. I don't, that's I don't my know heart. if I have anything to add to that, but I think, uh, one thing that I'm just thinking through is like, yeah, with the next generation, their mental health is vitally important. Yeah. And if we're not leaders that are offering some type of hope, yeah. um, to a broken, um, you know, down and out leader, that's like coming to you potentially with, for one person to maybe listen to them yeah. for one person, giving them hope, like, man, I just pray that we can be those types yeah. of leaders yeah. that we will not lose a generation to mental health struggles because yeah. we refused to listen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what yeah. is at stake here with the next generation is like, are we creating a lot of echo chambers of talking around the same things. Are we going to be people that are boots on the ground yeah. filled with action by listening deep? Yeah. And so um, I think yeah. that's really key is how do we become leaders that are going to listen, not only just listen, but listen really well. Yeah. It's so great. Okay, guys, where's a spot that people should travel that you know about, but maybe like not everybody else knows about, like maybe it's a very specific place oh, or a whole okay. city. Where do you want to send people on your imaginary plane today? <laughs> That's a great question. All right. I'll say this. Hannah and I yeah. just took our one year anniversary thing. trip to yeah. Sauerkraut, Michigan. And okay. we got an Airbnb. Listen to this. This was so sick. <laughs> On the lake, it's a houseboat in Saugatuck, Michigan, oh, and cool. I would so highly cool. recommend it. It's a yeah. cute little town with yeah. great little coffee shops and pop-up restaurants and whatnot. Yeah. I would say take a trip to Saugatuck, Michigan, and because it's so close, 
come and hang out in Chicago. There you go. There you go. And <laughs> so good. that is the best part of it is like I grew up. So Chicagoans, if you're not a person that lives in Chicago, which probably a lot of you aren't, um, a lot of like people that live in Chicago, Michigan beach towns are our summer escapes. That's like where we go to right. get away from the city. And so I have all these fond memories of it, but um, yeah, we went there and it was so fun. So little beach towns in Michigan, but specifically a houseboat was great. But also if you're going to travel anywhere, come to Chicago because we literally live in the best city in the world. So we're just going to say that. Throughout this podcast, my dog has been um, causing trouble at my feet, which has um, been an interesting dynamic here. So here she is, if anybody's watching. Goodness. This is that Pearl. That is a beautiful dog. What's her Aww, name? This is, this is Pearl the Pug. <laughs> the Pug. The smush face always yeah. gets me. Um, so now I'm trying to get her away from my uh, lip balm that just fell on the ground. That she <laughs> to eat. This is just real life on the podcast it's today. Okay, yeah. next question. I'm trying. These were supposed to be rapid fire, but I'm distracting love everybody. It. A That's book great. that has changed how you think about something. Hmm. Um, the best, most life changing book, The Clapham Sect. It's a little-known book about William Wilberforce and his group of world-changing friends and how they changed the culture and oh, cool. brought justice into England. Yeah, a really interesting book, The Clapham Sect. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, one book that I love is Kingdom Calling by Amy Sherman. Mm-hmm. And it's about like just being missional, going into society, telling stories about kingdom impact. Um, I, I, yeah, I love it. It's a great book. A movie that's made you cry. So many. I'm Could sorry. be like a Disney movie when you were a kid, whatever. <laughs> oh, um, Soul. Soul really got both oh, of us yeah. the Pixar movie that came yeah. out like a couple of years ago. We were both like kind yeah. of like trying to not look at each other while we're both wiping tears. Yeah. Like, and I was with all our friends, oh, you know, no. Grant Scouting and all them. And I'm like over here, like, okay, none of them are crying yeah. and I'm over here. So. <laughs> that was definitely uh, but remember the Titans? Oh, I've, yeah. I'm been a football Classic. guy. I love football. Yeah. Uh, every time I watch that movie, I just start crying. Yeah. It's like hits deep. So. Okay. You're in an ice cream shop. There's 50 flavors. What's your go-to? As much chocolate as possible. That's great. <laughs> as much uh, like non-chocolate. Yeah, non-chocolate as possible. He's like the opposite. He'll take like the fruity, like blueberry, ice, like lemon, lemon strawberry. Like, what? Why would you waste <laughs> your dessert on a non-chocolate thing? I don't know. <laughs> okay. And the but last question. I will say oh, dairy-free chocolate is awesome. So Okay. Hey, last question is just simply like, where do people find you on the internet? If they yeah. want to find you, they want to find your work, where do you want to send them today? Yeah, Aaron, you can find me on Instagram, Aaron R. Barnett underscore. Yep, and I'm Hannah.G.Barnett. Um, but you can also check out Generation Distinct at generationdistinct.com. You can see how we're partnering with churches, how we're unleashing young leaders. If you're a young leader that wants to figure out the wrong you were born to make right, you can join one of our virtual cohorts. Um, and then also HannahGranowski.com. So in the mm-hmm. in between between my old last name and my new last name. So just <laughs> love it. Everything. <laughs> and if you want to learn more about church planning, church research and anything about that, you can hit up my cool organization exponential. Awesome. Okay. We'll link all this in the, we'll link all, we'll link all this in the show notes. Um, thank you so much. It's an amazing thing to just see over the last few years of knowing you, what mm-hmm. God is doing in your life, how he's using you, positioning you, not just, 
to lead, but also with the relationships mm-hmm. you need for the journey, like giving you yeah. what you need to do this yes. in the long term. So, um, mm. guys, keep you know keep going. I'm so encouraged every time I see what you're up to, and I hope that people listening will now want to follow along and uh, uh, learn from you, cheer mm-hmm. you on. Um, yeah, there's a great, bright future for the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Amen. what I'm hearing you say today. Um, Jesus right. is good yeah. and it's going to look a little different. Um, yeah. So like, we don't need to be afraid. We just need to lean into it. Thank you yeah. so much. Come on. Thank good. you, Joanna. Thank you. Your gift. Hannah, Aaron, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast this week. It's great to talk next gen and just feel inspired about what is coming and have a vision for um, a bright future in Jesus name. So next week on the podcast, we have Brady Shearer. He's from Pro Church Tools. And you may also know him by his kind of salty social media content about church. So looking forward to giving you that conversation next week. Thanks, of course, to our sponsors to Compassion Canada, who we're doing this fundraiser with. It's compassion.ca slash WMD in order to give to this thing that we're doing together. It would mean so much if you join us to give. And also the Four C's, the Canadian Center for Christian Charities. You can visit cccc.org to learn more about them and what they offer. As always, check out our YouTube channel. We got tutorials. We got a back catalog of podcasts. We've got all kinds of free good stuff for you on there. And we're adding more every single week. So if you don't hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, you're going to miss out on some of that. And also we'll see you day to day, week to week in the Digital Church Facebook group. All of this is going to be linked down in the show notes. And we'll see you back next week with Brady Shearer. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate.